You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. When a person is a Talmud Chacham especially, what happens during the time of Avelus in terms of learning? Um, so Rebel Yoshev, like many people, spent his time during this Avelus learning things that you're allowed to learn on dur- during the Zman of Avelus, similar to the things that we learn on Tisha B'Av. He also learned Kabbalah that spoke about Avelus, it says, which is interesting, what sort of Kabbalah that they were talking about. Um, so I'm not sure. <laughs> um, now, they're actually, they asked Rabbi Yoshev a question um, when he came to give Nechama <coughs> when Rabinachas Menachem the Ger Rebbe who died, uh, that was, there was the Beis Yisrael, and then the Beis Yisrael's brother was Rapinachas Menachem. I think uh, he had another name based on his Sfarim. Uh, Pnei Simcha, I think, was the name of his Sfarim. So um, when the Pnei Simcha was sitting Shiva, he asked Rebel Yoshev a question that had been bothering him. We know that you're allowed to learn certain things by Avelus, but are you mechuyiv to learn them? In other words, the, the Pnei Menachem said, are you mechuyiv to learn Torah now, but the only Torah you can learn is the Torah that makes you sad, the Torah that's not Nesameach? Or, basically, um, and therefore, since you know how to learn Eov, since you know how to learn Moed Cotton, you must learn them. Or maybe Be'etzem, it's Hanak Doim. There really, there shouldn't be any learning at all. And really, uh, even though Limer Atayra is the essence of so many, of the essence of so much of our Hashkafa, but during Avelus, Avelus things are different. And therefore, there's no mitzvah of learning Tayra at all when you're in Ova. The only thing is, even though normally, why? Because uh, Tayra is Misameach, but there's certain things that you can learn because they're not Misameach you. But really turns out, according to the second sad that the Panay Menachem had, you wouldn't really be in the mitzvah of Talmud Torah. Right? In other words, it's a heter. It's a rishus. But you're no worse if you learn Torah, if, if you don't learn Torah. I tell this to people all the time. You know, uh, they can spend, if, if you go like the second sad of uh, of the Pnei Menachem, which is, by the way, the tzad that uh, Roshon Mezaman Orabach held. Roshon Mezaman Orabach, who was Rebel Yoshev's Mechutin, held that it was not a, there is no mitzvah of, of, of learning Torah when you're in Ovel. So a person on Tisha B'av, if, if again, if something can be mitzarim, like watching a Holocaust video or, or reading a Holocaust diary, there's nothing wrong with that. You don't say, oh, why aren't you learning Eicha? But Rebel Yoshev actually knew that there was, a, this was a, he found even an earlier opinion. <laughs> and right on the spot, you know, Rabbi Yosha was able on the spot uh, to, to quote chapter and verse. So he told the Pnei Menachem, there is a tshuva from you, Rabbi Yehuda Ayash, okay, uh, that says that it's only a rishus, and you don't have to learn. But he said, Rabbi Yosha says, that is such a shita, but I don't think it's true. He says that if you if you can learn, there's still a mitzvah of Talmud Torah on an Ovel. Because he says, what's the right? He says, an Ovel's chayav and all mitzvahs. Why should, should Rabbi Shalom or why should Chazal have said that you're putter from any mitzvah? You're chayav and tefillin? 
except the first day, right? But you're chayiv in all the mitzvahs. So how could limit atayra not true limit atayra is mishameach? So you, but limit you're still chayiv in all mitzvahs. Therefore, Rabbi Yoshev told the Pnei Menachem that you're mechuyiv in limit atayra. You just have to learn the stuff that is that's not mishameach. Um, they say that when Rabbi Yoshev was sitting shiva for his daughter. Uh, he, what his choice of learning, I was very sort of happy to hear this because this is what I learned on Tisha B'av. I learned two things on Tisha B'av. I learned the third parak of Moed Koton and I learned Eov. Those are my two favorite things to learn on Tisha B'av. So, um, if, we'll, if, if we'll be together on Tisha B'av, we'll learn some Moed Koton on Tisha B'av. But anyway, or Eov, it's up to you. But anyway, you don't have to learn with me, but this is, but this is what I usually do. So Rabbi Yoshev used to, Rabbi Yoshev, during his davelis on his, uh, on his daughter, Nebuch, he learned Elam Agalchan, the third parakam Moed Kot. Um, so they built for him, or they somehow, the Hebrew Kedisha, gave him a little stender. So he sat on a low, sat when he was sitting Shiva, so he was sitting, but he had a little stender uh, in front of him. Now, Rabbi Yoshev generally um, did not like jumping around. Rabbi Yoshev finished Masechtas. That's the way he was. He went through Masechtas, and then he went to the next one. So normally he didn't like, he wasn't like holding in 20 different places. In his brain he was, but in terms of what he concentrated that day, he concentrated on, on this subject of this Masechtas. But he said, um, while he was doing, while he was sitting Shiva, he spent the whole time learning Maid Cotton. Um, and he actually did it the same way he always did, which meant he woke up at one in the morning, uh, like he always did or whatever it was, uh, or three in the morning and he had his coffee and he sat down and he learned my cotton. So he was exactly the same in terms of how he learned. <laughs> he just changed the subject matter. When people came to be Menachem Ovel, however, he would close the Gemara and they said that during, generally because of uh, the, the, the pain of the loss of his daughter, he just stared at everyone. He would look and look at everybody. And if people left, then he would go back to learn. And right after the shiva was over, um, right after the, the shiva had concluded, Rebel Yoshev uh, went back exactly to where he was learning, exactly the spot that he was. And, and, and the people who lived in the house with him said it was almost like you could see it was like a man that was thirsty because he had gone back to the learning that was so much of his life, the normal learning that he was doing from beforehand. Um, sometimes we said they gave him a little stender. But remember, he was 100 years old at that time. And when he would wake up in the morning... It was hard for him to sit down, bend down on his knees. So he stood up. And from three to six, the whole shiva. Last year, this three to six, the whole shiva. This man, a hundred years old, it's a shamanu also. He stood up for three hours and didn't stop learning. So the family was worried. What's going to happen? He's standing so long. In other words, normally he would sit down. But he was an Ovel. He didn't want to sit down. So Rebbe Yoshev was standing up the whole time. So they called the doctor. So they, they said to the doctor, what, what should we do? Well, uh, 
we're worried about him. So the doctor said, here's the chai. <laughs> Listen, a hundred year old man is standing there for hours straight. He says, how you doing? I can't get out of this thing tonight. Now I, I hear I you, Les. I can't get the voice. Yes, I can uh, hear you, Les. Can you hear me? Anyway, the doctor had said, So I said, the doctor said he had never seen anything like that. <laughs> you want me to tell him to sit down? I've never seen this. Uh, a man who's over 100 is standing up for hours? He says, this is already, he says, this is beyond my, this is beyond my job description. <laughs> I can't do anything. This is already too much. This is beyond Teva. And uh, again, I believe the story. And I, I, I'm sure it's true, in fact. Um. When the Shiva was over, uh, Rebel Yoshev felt that uh, it was important for him, because in Eretz Yisrael, that's what they do. Uh, many times, they already have the Matseva ready by the seventh day. Now, we have this meaning here in America that the Hakamas Matseva only happens much later. Uh, sometimes we wait a year uh, for the Matseva to be put up. Um, here, the uh, Matseva was actually put up after a week. And Rebel Yoshev went himself to the uh, to the Beis Olam, and um, they brought him up. They picked him up uh, in a chair that he wanted to be able to stand by her grave, and they said till him there. And Rebel Yoshev wanted to make the, to say Kaddish and to say a Kel Mole. On that day. They started writing a um, a, uh, a Sefer Torah for her at that point. But anyway, the point is, is that you see here Minhage Avelus, but you also see the great um, strength and Gevura Sanefesh of Rebel Yoshev in that in that situation. No matter what, you're Mekayim the Din to the Chayim. Um, I want to um, turn to another. Uh, some a couple of other little points from Rebbe Yoshev that are not really connected to Avelus, but I think are a very interesting question as well. Um, and this question, Rebbe, the the Orabach, Rebbe Yoshev's daughter, died in 2010. This goes back to 1995. Um, in 1995, uh, there was a um, question Reb Chaim Kanievsky asked Reb Yoshev. This was the question. Reb Chaim Kanievsky, of course, lives in Bnei Brak, and Reb Yoshev lived in Yerushalayim. So Reb Chaim sent a, a message to Reb Yoshev. This was the following. This was during the time of Sfira Sa'imer, which would be the same thing had it been a Shaila during the time after the three weeks, which will be starting in a couple of weeks. We know the Minig Yisrael is to not take haircuts or shave during the three weeks and during the Sfira Sa'imer. So um, there was a Balchuva. He had a rod of hair. 
In fact, he had so much hair, he had it in a ponytail. He was like a fellow with a huge amount of hair, and he had it in a big ponytail. And now he's decided he's going to do tshuva. He wants to become a frum boy, and and he wants. they want to know, can he take a haircut? Is he able to take a haircut now in order to look like a normal-looking yeshiva guy? That was the question. So, the, the, Rav Chaim Kanievsky heard the question, and he said, well, if you take a look, the Be'er Alocha says that anyone uh, who is able to give a, take a haircut in the Kalamayid, because it's an exceptional case, can also take a haircut during Sfira Sa'imer. Okay. What are the, where are the examples where you can take a haircut during Chalamayid? Getting out of prison, you weren't able to, right? One of the other exceptions for Chalamayid is somebody who, it's brought down uh, in the name of the Truma Sadeshan, someone who had been a Mishumid. And we know in the time of the Rishonim, it happened a lot. People many times accepted Christianity, and you know this Dr. Kogan as well, of course, that people accepted Christianity in order to save their lives, and then they really didn't mean it. Or even if they did mean it, they came back. So the Truma Sadeshan, one of the last three shown him, said that if that occurs during Chalamayid, the person can uh, take a haircut and shave. Now, why? What was the idea? Um, that, um, right. So, um, the Mishabura says because when you were, because, right, um, you're a Balchuva. Why? Because it's almost like when you were serving Christianity, you were involved in a dead religion. And and, and we know there's Tumas Mace on Avodah We treat Avodah as if it's Tameh. So therefore, we know when someone is a Mitzorah or, right, uh, you have to shave all your head. So here too, there's an Indian of shaving and making your hair, taking your hair off when you come from Avodah here. So now, and the uh, Mishabur is... Uh, yes, um, Rabbi, I remember reading about this, that they had the whole uh, ritual worked out because the baptism was, if, if somebody was baptized, they had to take a special, you know, they scrub themselves, they cut their... They are super, uh, it was a whole, whole production. It was really big deal back then. And, uh, right. So now, so now that they, this fellow was coming back, so Rav Chaim uh, Kanievsky felt maybe he's like a person who's coming back from, from Christianity. Right? It, it, it may should be the same thing. So Rabbi Yoshev felt um, he wasn't sure if it was the same. He didn't think that a person who had been a Mishumid is comparable to a person who was an Eretz Yisrael and a Chiloni. <laughs> in other words, Rukhaim Kanievsky felt, look, it's like, it's like he's coming back from the dead. He's coming from, but it wasn't Avayda Zorah. You see, Christianity was Avayda Zorah. He was living uh, in an Israel that they just Pasha don't believe. It wasn't Avayda Zorah. So therefore, um, he felt that... Um, Rebel Yoshev had another head there. He said, because look at the way he looks. 
In other words, in order for him to be one of the Shemir Tere mitzvahs, you can't look like that. So it's a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah to get all that vilda hair off to make yourself look like a Shemir Tere mitzvah. So Bamaka mitzvah it's different. But then Rebel Yashem was not sure because he said, we're talking about a Balchuva. We don't know if he's going to stay that way. This is right at the beginning. He wants to shave his head. He wants to have a zero. He wants to maybe get payas instead of the long hair. How do we know, Rabbi Yosha said, he's going to stay that way? <laughs> so maybe it's not a Dvar Mitzvah. So in other words, if it was definitely Dvar Mitzvah, then he definitely could shave. He could definitely take a haircut and shave during the three weeks, during uh, Sphira. But Rabbi Yosha's not sure. About Shuva in those first moments, you never know what's going to happen. But then, <laughs> they told him, but Rebbe, he has so much hair, he's got to put it in a cuckoo. And a cuckoo is a, is a, is a ponytail, right? <laughs> I think so, cuckoo, that's what they, in Hebrew. They put it in a ponytail. So he said, you know what? If his hair is so vild, then let's do it. Because otherwise, he's not even going to have a chance. Because, in other words, if he just... Um, he doesn't look like a yeshiva shagai, it's one thing. But if his hair is so wild, there's no way he's even going to be, people are going to actually take him serious or he's ever going to have a start. So therefore, Yoshev said it was okay. And then he said he's wondering if maybe having hair like a ponytail could be that's already part of Chukas HaGoyim. It's mamash like a shtikla And therefore, uh, Rabbi Yoshev was Mako. But it's interesting the the difference between Rav Chaim Kanievsky and Rabbi Yoshev in terms of how they looked at it. Rav Chaim wanted to treat him like, like an Oibir Abed like he wanted to come up with a chap. This is the true Masadesha. Rabbi Yoshev had, I think, to me, a, a, a glatter, I should say, but I think you could see the difference between their derech and psak. Okay. Here's another. Um, I thought a very uplifting psak from Rabbi Yoshev. There was a certain, we talked about people not being religious. There was a certain person who was a Machal Shabbos Befarhesia. Let's call him Avram. His son was Yitzchok. Okay. Now, Yitzchok had a baby. Let's call him Yaakov. The bris was going to be on Shabbos. The bris was going to be on Shabbos. And Yitzchok told his father, he says, look, I can't invite you. Remember, we had that Shaila last week or two weeks ago. I can't invite you because, you know, I, I can't ask you to come. I think you're going to drive. So the father said, you know, I'm so happy to have a grandson. If you give me Sandikos, then I will come Arab Shabbos and I will be, keep Shabbos this week. But Yitzchok had already had plans to ask a certain Godel Ador to be the Sandik. Why? Because that's what it says in Yeridea. It says when you look for a Sandik, It says in Yeridea, Halacha, that when you're looking for someone to be Sandik, you should take the person who's the biggest Sandik. And we know that the Sfar Makadoshim say that a sandik affects the baby. So now, 
he already has a connection, Yitzchak, to some Godel Ador. Maybe it was Rebel Yoshev himself. I don't know. But some Godel Ador. But now his father's asking for it. Should he give it to his father? So Rebel Yoshev said, so this was a question that they asked um, Rav Zilberstein. So Rav Zilberstein took it to his father-in-law. Again, we talked before about Rav Chaim Kanievsky. This is Rav Yitzchak Zilberstein, who is uh, the father-in-law, uh, uh, son-in-law of Rabbi Yoshev. So Rabbi Yoshev said, Posh it! The father gets the son Why? He's telling you he's going to keep Shabbos. <laughs> You're saving him from Skila. And another thing Rabbi Yoshev said, you, you, think the, the, you think it's going to be a pigam in, in the child, because the grandfather was Machal Shabbos up until now, was doing this on the ghost. That's a schus. That's the schus for the baby. <laughs> the schus for the baby is that because of him, the grandfather kept Shabbos that week. And Shabbos could help. Shabbos is bigger than a Godolador. And it could be, <laughs> Rebbe Yashem said, that he kept Shabbos, he got Sandekos. Who knows? It might make a change in the grandfather. And even though he says it's only going to be this Shabbos, once again, you see Rabbi Yoshev's Chochmah as far as, 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 far as this goes. Um, thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.